listeners. Thank you for listening. Um, this is our second public episode. Um, definitely a lot different tone than the last episode. Last episode, we were coming off of two of the biggest wins of the season with Ohio State and Minnesota. This particular episode, um, off kind of a gut-wrenching loss to Iowa, um, but throughout the course of this episode, we're going to uh, just kind of give our takeaways about the Iowa game. We're going to talk about uh, some, of the, some of the difficulties that this team has had on the road and why it's happening and I guess how to fix it. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll offer our best armchair analysis. Um, and then also later on in the show, we'll have, uh, we have a new segment that we're going to introduce and that involves a, a special guest. Um, so we'll get into that. But but first off, Dewey, I want to get your takeaways from the Iowa game because I know it was very frustrating for a lot of Indiana fans because it was so winnable. Yeah, I agree. It's a much different uh, attitude heading into the, to today's episode than it was last time. Uh, just that going on the road to Iowa – that was such a just a, it was the I talked about it with you earlier. It was the perfect timing for that game. We had started this little uh, run of solid play, good wins. We needed the tough road win, and Iowa was the perfect test. And like you said, it was completely winnable. If like if you would have told me heading into that game that. IU would shoot better from the field. They'd make more three-pointers. Keegan Murray would pay, would play 22 minutes and have 12 points. You know, you're thinking that sounds pretty good. And to wind up with a, you know, just a nine-point loss, gut-wrenching, another second half of just a drop-off in play, and – it's just it's a gut wrenching loss, but there you still see the pieces that give you a little bit of hope. But this was the first time that I really was like, okay, what what here is uh, a result of the game? What here is not going to be fixed, basically? And so, just some specifics from the game. Uh, like I said, we we just limited Keegan Murray, and if you if you say that, you think you win a game against Iowa, but no, because there's another Murray, and his name's Chris, <laughs> and Chris Chris uh, just ate our lunch all night. He tied his career points at halftime. He winds up with 29, 11 boards. It was just like. First of all, I don't know how many IU fans really knew there were two Murrays on the team because we had a couple uh, of our friends who were uh, surprised at, uh, to find out that that wasn't Keegan doing everything, wearing two different jerseys and stuff. But uh, it really did seem like that, and he switched hands too. Oh yeah, which I wouldn't be surprised if Keegan Murray, like, if he came into a game and started using his left hand and still just filling it up. But, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I just. If yeah, I could like I just if you would if you would have said that we stopped Keegan, I think we win the game. It's just to just to uh, let Chris come in, which Chris is a gr- good player. I'm not trying to say 
he shouldn't have ate our lunch, but he just, we, you think we did our job and we didn't. And it was just the same, the same scars rearing their ugly head for this team. The turnovers were killer. They were killer, Jared. 23 to 10. And like the worst part about them is they were just, a lot of them were stupid. Like I, yeah. I hate to use that word, but like dropped catches and like passes in transition that the other guy just wasn't ready for really. Like it, it yeah. was, a, you could classify them as unnecessary. And a lot of that was due to Iowa's press. And I know we talked a lot about the press, uh, I mean, it's a good press, but it's not It's not I mean, like a unique, really the, unique one. Yeah, the concept of it is like a – I've compared it to like a middle school – like the press that they teach you in middle school. It's just very simple. You just try to keep the guys in front of you is all you're really trying to do. And, then, yeah, we just couldn't figure it out. Yeah, and it was – yeah, it was a very like – I just – our approach to it was questionable because, like, we, we were talking about how it looked like a middle school press. We were making middle school mistakes. We were yeah. running, like, a box on the half of the court with everybody in the corners. And, like, I mean, I'm not an NBA or uh, basketball savant, but, like, I was always told you didn't want to be in the corners on a press and, like, forcing your way to the sideline. We weren't cutting middle. There were times where uh, – it was our guard and race where the two guys bringing the ball up against the press with nobody really helping them. They were just passing the ball back and forth. And it, it was just kind of, it was, I think it was our first real introduction to like a really just relentless press that doesn't go away. But I just hated that we didn't see too much adjustment uh, in our approach to it really throughout the game, even when it was really costing us. Uh, do you have anything else about the press? Not necessarily about the press. Um, I think you definitely covered covered the press well. Um, I, I just think that in the grand scheme of things, this team is kind of showing who it is. Um, because, you know, if, if you talk to an Indiana fan last week or leading up to the Iowa game about their feelings about this team, it's – you know what? This is a this is a solid basketball team. They 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 had become fun to watch with the emergence of Trey Galloway, um, and, and they were doing a lot of really good things, especially defensively. Um, they had done a much better job rebounding the ball, um, and, and like a point of emphasis coming into the game was you know just you had the opportunity to dominate on the glass, and yet you get out rebounded by Iowa, the worst rebounding team in the conference coming into the game. You get out rebounded by them way too many second chance opportunities for a team that's that good offensively. But really I thought that was the only bad thing other than, you know, a couple things here and there that defensively were wrong with Indiana. But, but I just think that the road with a team like this, that, that definitely has its flaws and, and you don't see them of course, when, when they're winning, especially games like Ohio state, when it's just so fun and they're playing so well and they look so confident. But those, those flaws get exposed when this team goes on the road into an environment that, um, you know, where, where the fans aren't, aren't cheering for them. And I don't really understand why that is, but it's, it's undeniable at this point. 
the, the flaws of this team get exposed when they're away from home. And a lot of that has to do with the guard play. Um, you know, it, we talk about Rob Finnessy a lot on this show. Um, and we, we've said that when he starts playing well, it's a, it's a, it's a name change. He, he's Bob when he plays well. Well, he's Rob when he doesn't play well, but, but that game was almost a Robbie game. Like he, he played like a, like a Robbie like worse than Rob. That was one of the worst performances I've seen in Rob Finnessy's career and not to pile on him too much because I don't think really many of the other players really stepped up either, especially when Iowa started taking advantage of the Indiana turnovers in the second half. But it was just a disaster for Indiana turnover wise, because we talk about um, the difference between this team at home and on the road. Um, the, the previous three games, I know one of them was on the road at Penn State, but that to me doesn't even count as a road game because that arena was basically empty. Um, but, but if we talk about the last three games turnover-wise, Indiana had 21 turnovers in those three games combined. And Indiana, as we said, in the Iowa game, turned it over 23 times. And that's not necessarily all just a you know home versus road thing. Um, but I know it's a stylistic change with how Iowa was playing. They were, they were pressing a lot, but I think mainly it it is like a, a road thing where it's just the team starts panicking when things start going wrong. We saw it in the Wisconsin game. There was just this level of panic. That's just totally unnecessary. And I don't understand it. I don't know if it's a coach thing. I don't know if it's a uh, just a purely personnel thing. I don't understand it, but it's there and it happens. And um, I don't I don't know how it gets fixed at this point. But Brahma, I'll let you give your um, your best remedy. What you think the remedy is at this point, and then I'll try to give mine. But you know, at this point, I really don't know how you fix a team's kind of because it might just be a mindset thing like that. They're just not playing as confident on the road, and maybe it's just get one one win on the road. I don't know. Yeah, the road the road struggles. Uh, I think the way to remedy that is, and I'm usually pretty optimistic. I've got a couple takes here that are less optimistic. The way to remedy that is, you get some players that haven't been tainted by. Uh, a bad culture with Archie Miller. And yeah, if you, if you tweeted that right now, I'd retweet it. <laughs> and it's just like, I like, I like all, like a lot of our players. I think there is a talent on this team, but like you said, the road games are so much of a mental barrier, especially for IU. And I think we just have a lot of guys that aren't Woodson's guys. So I'm, I'm not saying Woodson is going to turn this into a great road program, but I at least am not ready to blame Woodson for the road struggles. I think it's just, it's something that if Woodson can overcome, that's a testament to him as opposed to not overcoming the road struggles being a sign of him being a bad hire or something. I'm seeing that going around. I don't really like that take. I think, I think Woodson is, he doesn't get a pass for the first year, but I think, like, if you told me 12 and four, we're struggling on the road, uh, I'm 
pretty optimistic with that yeah. as far as Woodson goes. Yeah, I would say that sounds about right. Like that that's like if you look at the schedule, that should be about what it is. Um, you know, and if you grew up watching IU basketball like like I did and so many of these other listeners did, you would say, yeah, I mean, it makes sense that we lose road games because we've been doing that for so long. And that's kind of my argument against like the whole suit thing. Um, <laughs> and I hate to circle back to the suit because I'm just so sick of it. But, you know, it, it's just the, the road problems have definitely been a thing. And I, I, I want to let you get back to, to what you were saying. But but um, yeah. I do agree. I do agree with you that that these players are kind of, you know, they they still have these habits that they revert to. Um, and those were kind of developed under a different regime at Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, basically, I actually was going to pivot away from the road struggles because you actually you talked about how you you believe the the uh, road exposes the cracks in the team. And I definitely agree. I also had, uh, I think this team, uh, its cracks get exposed by increases in tempo. Mm -hmm. I think, I think it's, I'm not sure if it's the, like, I'm not sure if it's, uh, the lack of guard, good guard play, if it's because we're just so built through TJD and race, they're our top two scores. Like, if we're built through them and that makes us kind of not fall, uh, kind of fall apart uh, when we do get into a situation where we have to run, where we're not setting up uh, every possession and running a, a, one of Woodson's plays or one of our uh, motions and stuff. I think, I think I had, I had, I had that written down that this Iowa game was just a perfect storm of road uh, atmosphere team that likes to get shots up. Uh, if you look at all of our losses, the, the one we talked about Penn state besides Penn state, every team we've lost to is in the upper half of, uh, possessions per game your typical uh, a lot of your typical pace stats uh, so I'm just like I've been monitoring that as another potential like thing to watch like if we do we have a ceiling in the terms of if we can't control the game to our pace like is there a certain tempo that once we get to that point we really start to see the turnovers uh the lack of playmaking, the forced shots, uh, a lot of the things that rear their head in these games like Iowa and the what, second half of Wisconsin. And uh, that's just something else I've been monitoring. Do you have any thoughts on how tempo might relate to this team? Yeah, I, I want to look at it more as a, you know, a future down the road thing because – like my concern coming into this season with this roster is that uh, my concern was like, how are they going to adapt to the stylistic change? Because I know there were roster changes made with, as far as, you know, Xavier Johnson and, and Miller cop, Michael Durr and um, uh, Parker Stewart. And I might be missing one. I don't even know at this point, (laughs) but, but like the more the point I'm making is like, 
only one of those players is necessarily like good with the ball in his hands. Um, and, and not to say that the, they were like bad roster moves, because I think all four of them are definitely like helping their, helping this team in certain, in certain ways, especially shooting with Miller and Parker Stewart. And then Xavier Johnson, I think has had some, some pretty good games at point guard. He's, he's been up and down, but, but, more so if, if you look at and not to get too much into recruiting and, and roster formation for the future, but if you look at where Mike Woodson is and the staff are turning, it's to guys that play really well and operate with really well with the ball in their hands. And that kind of adapts to, or that, that, that I feel like turns into um, a team that's better when they're able to play faster. And that's the style that Mike Woodson wants to play. He wants to play more of a spread out NBA style um, with better, you know, better pace and flow to the game than um, one Archie, Ryan Archie Miller's, um, (laughs) you know, Ryan Joseph Miller's um, approach to offensive basketball. And and I do think that um, this current roster does, you know, have potential to get better in that regard but it definitely does have its style that it wants to play and that's you know throw the ball down low and get it to trace jackson davis and then you know either he makes a play and scores it for himself or he kicks it out to somebody and that was working to an extent against iowa i mean indiana put up 48 points in the first half yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, but 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 it's it's one of those things where, you know, the moment it stops working and you kind of get sped up by the other team because they're playing at such a high pace and like your personal internal motor gets gets going so fast that you're just not ready for um, the 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 speed of the game to change that much and you start forcing things and you panic and you turn the ball over. Yeah, I, I agree. That's probably something that uh, mainly pertains to this team with its construction, But because you can definitely tell with Woodson that he does want to gear more towards a, a modern approach, uh, even though uh, we aren't considered a run-and-gun team. Uh, you look at our shot selection, it's a very modern chart. We, don't, we uh, are very high in... Uh, usage rate of three-pointers and shots in the paint. We don't shoot a lot of those middle range too often, uh, yeah. which is, has been the way basketball has been heading in this new, in this more modern generation. But uh, that's all I have for Iowa. Uh, I don't want to – we've covered all the big things. Uh, I'm sure all the IU fans have uh, thought pretty hard about what went wrong and uh, – so I don't really want to beat on it too too much longer. Do you got anything else? No, I think I'm good with it. It's just, you know, you're heading into now what's like such a big week and, and you want to be able to um, have something to – have something like positive to build on. And, and it's concerning that you lose a game like that heading into one of the biggest weeks of the year, um, which we'll get into soon. Yeah, but, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Definitely doesn't bode well for this big week coming up. Before we get into that big week, though, uh, we're going to have our first ever guest on Stuck in 87. So I want to introduce to you IU fans a new segment. Um, 
um, that we're bringing into the show. And um, I, I didn't want to try to do too much with a name because really all it is is complaints. Um, so we're going to call this uh, the segment complaints. And so um, really all it is is um, we find kind of a, a topic um, that, that we're kind of disgruntled about and we complain about it and we kind of air out our grievances. And so, um, but, but a catch to it is that we are inviting listeners to state their case on, you know, why they should be on the next episode and uh, be allowed to air out their grievances. Any, really anything IU basketball related. Mine is barely IU basketball related. It's uh, more Iowa related, but I'll get into that in a second. Um, Brom, do, Brom, do you have anything to add to this segment or, you know, what, what, what fans should be looking for as far as uh, their complaints go? Uh, yeah. Uh, first of all, my pitch for the name is cry you. <laughs> Cause I'm, <laughs> I'm about to get on and we'll get on. this will be where we cry. But, uh, uh, yeah, I love the idea of bringing on listeners because we have listeners who like what we have to say. We have listeners who think we are morons. And I think it'd be nice to have them come on and state their case and be able to have other fans interact with what their complaints are as well. Only yeah. thing I really got to say is at uh, Stuck in 87, we keep it. We don't say anything we wouldn't say directly to a player, coach, fan's face pretty much. Exactly. So yeah. That's what we expect from the complainers we do bring on. We have a great first one. Uh, I'm excited to bring him on later. But yeah, uh, I think this will be a fun segment. I'm definitely gonna uh, let you start it off. Yeah, I mean for sure. Just to just to piggyback off what you were saying, it, uh, if you, if you're a fan and you want to come on this show, um, or just a listener and you want to come on this show, uh, you know, try to keep it respectful towards these players. Uh, especially the players, but, you know, the coaches too, and, and just officials or whatever you want to complain about just because, you know, it, we're not trying to burn any bridges or anything, or we, we want to be respectful, especially the players, because they're just kids. Um, and they didn't try to, they didn't try to dribble the ball off their foot. They didn't try to turn the ball over. Um, they're doing their best. So we're, we'll, we're going to be respectful. Um and we're like Brom said, we're only going to say things that we would say directly to these people's face. Um, and with that being said, I'm going to get into my complaint um, because I would say all of all of what I'm about to say, I would say directly to this person's face. And um, that person is Fran McCaffrey, head coach of Iowa. Um, I've had it with the guy, if I'm being honest. He, his his antics on the sidelines are ridiculous to me. Because I, I am pretty sure that the only thing he really does on the sideline is make himself a victim. Because he'll just stand over there and yell at the refs the entire game. He did it against Indiana. Um, it, he just yells at the refs and he gets a technical foul. And then that's his way of coaching to get his team to play harder because then they think they're the victim. So they think that, you know, in any time a call goes against them, it's the wrong call. And then refs kind of get intimidated because they're tired of Fran McCaffrey barking at them every time up and down the floor. It's exhausting. And, and, and I'm sick of Fran McCaffrey 
And, but I will say this, it kind of has worked for him because he's built a pretty good program at Iowa. They've been successful, especially last year. They were loaded last year, very good basketball team. Um, but I'm just sick of Fran McCaffrey, and, and I really hope that when they come to Assembly Hall next, it is a whooping, and I hope he gets ejected because officials should not have to – I know refs are bad a lot, but they shouldn't have to put up with – the the griping and whining that that Fran McCaffrey is just over there spewing all game long and you can see it in his players because they complain about calls more than any team I've seen this year and they really feed off of their coach and then the fan base kind of does the same thing or at least the fans in the arena they feed off of their coach they take on the identity of their coach and they complain about every single call whether it's bad or not. Um, and it's it's really annoying. I, I just can't stand Fred McCaffrey, dude. <laughs> that's a good uh, that's a good one to start with. <laughs> After we're like, we're not going to say anything. We wouldn't say to these guys. I would say this directly to his face. I, uh, yeah. I promise you. That's fair. It would. <laughs> I would be say, Fran, coach your basketball team. Stop yelling at the ref the whole game. Stop making. Stop playing the victim <laughs> card with the ref, dude. Just coach your team. Yeah, I'll attest to that. It wouldn't be nice, but you would say that to his face, and that's the rules. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, exactly. But, uh, yeah, that's a good one. I My complaint, this isn't a complaint about Hoosier Nation. This is a complaint about Hoosier Nation's almost obsession with what I call hypothetical success. And that is some examples of hypothetical success. Why isn't Lander playing? Why isn't Lander playing? There's obviously something going on with Lander. And, like, we don't know what it is, so why should we speak on it? Woodson knows what's going on with his team. He knows who he can play right now. I think we, we look at our, we look at, uh, our players and we, we ask why, why, we don't, uh, why we don't throw out guys who were really good high school recruits or are younger or are just different. I think it's just different. Yeah. IU fans want different if anything goes bad. And, like, I just hate that. I call it hypothetical success because Lander is a good ball player. We all like him. I do yeah. want to see more Lander. I want to see more Leo. I think Leo's a great defender. I yeah. think he should definitely be playing. But there's obviously reasons why they, they play the amount they do. And, like, and it's not necessarily because they're bad. Like, Leo is a great, talented defender so is rob and def- defense has has a component where it's very advantageous to be experienced and mm-hmm. like so rob is older rob has a couple years uh of of a head start on that and so i i i get that there's this push that when things go bad to change and to adapt that's uh, that's one of the great things about hooter nation is its drive to be better but mm-hmm. There's a difference between realistic changes that to scheme or to rotation that are keys to a team's success. But a lot of the, a lot of the examples I hear being thrown out are hypothetical that are like, well, we think this guy's a better player, so why don't we just play him more? It's like it doesn't work like that. We have to we have to develop our we were talking about earlier, develop our identity develop ourselves, and the person that should be doing that his name is coach woodson he sees this team all the time he knows these guys better than us and he is 
dealing with a lot of things that we have no clue about with this team. And so I, I just think IU Nation is quick to cast guys off or quit on guys or just make up their mind that one of our guys that doesn't that plays a lot is bad and that he should be replaced and it doesn't matter really who it is and that's i that's kind of my complaint right now it's not a statement about Hoosier Nation i love the drive to be the best we can be we talked about how that's the goal with our talks but there's just ways to bring about more success to a team and it's not necessarily comparing our current roster to how guys were perceived a year or so ago or further back or comparing this team to old IU teams who were better at something than this team is. I just think like if you want to enjoy this year, you'll enjoy the growth of this specific team and you'll see what Woodson's able to do with guys who aren't bad, they're just not his. And that's kind of been my approach to this uh, whole thing. But, yes, hypothetical success, that's my complaint. Do you have anything to add to that? No, uh, I, I agree. I'm, on, I'm, like, totally on board with everything you said. Um, but I will say that not all of Hoosier Nation is on board with that, and I think we might see that with uh, what our guest has to say. Oh, yeah. So uh, we have – one of our uh, loyal listeners, Mr. Evan, uh, on standby. All right. So I said we would have a guest on this episode um, to air out some complaints. And this guest is none other than Evan Spears, who I believe has an excellent podcasting voice and should look into that. Um, but but Evan, I want to get your complaint um, for this episode as kind of a a cherry on top to this segment. So what do you got? All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on boys. Um, and I, I'd like to preface this with that. I'm the most optimistic about this IU basketball team than any of the Archie teams. So let's just start there. But um, you know, the segment is complaints and I always have something to complain about. So <laughs> I think, all, yeah. I think I have to, what I have to do is just zag on the Rob Fennessy takes that you guys have been putting out in the world, <laughs> the whole Bob Fennessy, the whole rebrand. How dare um, you? I know. Uh, <laughs> you know. And I think I, I hate him more than most people just because my girlfriend thinks he's really cute. So that is another reason why I'm like, I just already don't like him. So this, you know, this is year four, year four of Bob, Rob Fennessy. And I just feel like we haven't even seen that much improvement over the years where if you look at a guy like race or trace, you can just see how much they have improved, you know, in each, um, in each year. And, you know, he's shooting 29% from three and it, the thing that's annoying is his shot looks good. It just seems to always brick for some reason. I don't (laughs) like if Mike Woodson can just fix his shot, like, you know, he was four or nine from three in that Minnesota game. You're like, wait a second. What's going on here? But, you know, game before, he was 0, 0 for 3 at Ohio State, won a 6 from the field. The Iowa game, he was 0 for 3 from 3 and had four turnovers. So it's just, I don't know, you know. I, I don't know what to do about it. I think that, you know, I, your IU death lineup, I love the whole 
concept of it and everything, but I, I just think our best five is Trace, Race, Xavier, Gallo, and Peace Stew for Finnessy. I just I like that he will, you know, obviously can bring the shooting aspect, and uh, he's a decent defender. You know, I know Rob is, a, you know, his best quality is his defense, but I don't know. That's that's my complaint, and the other the main thing too is that. He's taken more threes per game right now than Miller Cop is, which is Ooh. insane. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Just insane. That's when I wild. saw that stat, I was like, am I reading this right? I, I think it's one, you know, barely, but still. I'm like, that should not be the stat. Yeah. And he's that's shooting wild. 46% from the free throw line. I think he's only seven of 15 on the year. But if he's not hitting threes and he's not getting to the line, and if he is getting to the line, he's shooting 46% from the line, which is just awful. Not great. Yeah. Not great. Not great. So that's that's my zag. That's my complaint for today. That, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Um, he, like, as far as his career has gone, it's not gone as planned. Um, I, I think more of our, you know, rebrand from Rob to Bob has been like a two or three week span where he's played pretty well, not necessarily like lighten it up offensively, but he's hit some timely shots. He's hit, you know, he's made some good drives to the rim and kind of shown that he's headed back in the right direction. But, but you're definitely right. Like the last game was a, a nightmare for Rob. Um, I, I did refer to him on this episode as Robbie um, because that's, <laughs> that's like the, yeah. the lowest tier of um, of Rob Finnessy. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I hate to see him take that big of a step back after I thought he was playing a lot better, but maybe it was just, you know, the, the environment around him was better or maybe it was luck. I don't know. I, I'm willing to walk back that take. I, I do think you're right, but but I also think that he still has potential to be uh, – like play a key role because I think he's proven that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, I just want to point out on the death lineup, our our beta version of that was exactly the lineup you described: X, P, Stu, uh, Gallo, TJD, Race. So mm. uh, we agree with you there. Woody just kind of had Rob out there because he is one of our better, if not our best, defensive uh, perimeter defensive guy. But uh, yeah, I. How dare you talk about Rob badly in front of me? But <laughs> but uh, I definitely after the Iowa game, I I think uh, with how much we've defended and talked about him, it's definitely fair to give a little little bit more of a zag on him and a call to action. Yeah, so I uh, I don't like the complaint, but I like that. <laughs> I like that you were brave enough to come on here and say it. I know. <laughs> I, I, after listening to the last episode, I feel like I someone had to come on to to zag from you all the Rob love you were given. So, <laughs> no, we're we're open to that sort of thing as long as you're respectful and uh, um, you make sense with what you're saying. And I for sure think you were respectful and you made sense with a lot of, of what you were saying. So, th- uh, thanks for coming on, Evan. Um, yeah, we appreciate you being the inaugural guest on Stuck in 87, and we hope to have um, guests in the future. We don't want to do the complaint segment every week, but maybe it's every other week. Maybe it's an every three-week thing because um, we don't want to exhaust people with our, uh, with our problems and things like that. But, <laughs> but yeah, thanks, thanks again, Evan, for coming on. Yeah, thanks, Absolutely. Evan. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Can't wait to listen. Definitely. See ya.
So I mentioned that this upcoming week is really, really big for this particular team. You've got um, Monday evening, a 6 p.m. start um, against Nebraska. And yes, it is a road game. Um, it is a, <laughs> it's an opportunity for Indiana to get a road win um, against a – I'll just be, you know, up front. Nebraska stinks. They're <laughs> terrible. They're one and nine in their last 10 games. Um, they've been awful in Big Ten play. Indiana's already played them. Um, that was way, way back on December the 4th. It was not a particularly good showing by this Indiana team, especially the start of the game was terrible. Um, but Indiana was able to win 68 to 55. It was a slow, boring game. Um, but you know, since then, Indiana has improved in a lot of areas. Um, so, you know, looking at a Nebraska game, you know, it's hard to kind of get really excited about it because it is Nebraska and you're expected to win. Um, but you know, kind of what, what are your expectations for this, for this Nebraska game? My expectations, we're going to win a road game. That's my expectations. I don't want I if I if I just jinxed <laughs> I it, it, if I just jinxed it, IU Nation, feel free. Dewey underscore locks. But I think we're winning a road game. Uh Nebraska, we talked earlier, Iowa heading into that game was the worst rebounding team in the conference. Nebraska has overtaken them. They're the worst hit team in rebounding heading into uh this game. Yeah, shout out to us for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's 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 just we have some nebraska's rebounding you're welcome nebraska yeah that's just iu playing uh playing 3d chess but uh oh, gosh but nebraska is winless in the big 10 iu is winless on the road something's got to give and it's gonna be us losing on the road all the time we're gonna get a win here uh the key to that is definitely taking Basically, not doing what we did against Iowa on the boards, taking advantage of Nebraska being a bad team and limiting Alonzo Verge and Bryce McGowan's again. We did a good job on them in that uh, December game, keeping them to, uh, I think it was, yeah, Verge had 15 and uh, McGowan's had eight and they shot not very well. So that's going to definitely be another key to this time. Uh, Last time, like you said, it was an ugly game. Both teams, yeah, both teams shot 40% or under from the field. Uh, the, the main takeaway from that game is, for me, is just I think we're so much better now than we were then. I know that's tough to say after the Iowa game, but I think uh, I think our offense is better now. Sure. I, think, I think our system is better becoming more ingrained and we're seeing better shot selection and better looks for the most part. Uh, I don't think Nebraska is going to be able to necessarily do what Iowa did and get us out of our rhythm, out of our approach and game plan. I think uh, our guys are going to come out really, really inspired now, hopefully uh, after after another road loss just to get the monkey off their back. Cause it's like, if we don't get it now, it's, uh, it's going to be a while before we even get another shot at it. Really? Yeah, uh, for sure. 
So I think I think we come out inspired. I think we get a road win. I uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think if I've got a guy that I want to throw out like his game. But uh, besides, I think TJD. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> honestly, honestly, I I just want to see a really good team game. Um, I feel that because because the elephant in the room is kind of uh, Thursday at 7 p.m. at oh, Simon yeah. Scott Assembly Hall. You have to have all of the guys playing with confidence um, going into a game against a top 10 team in Purdue. I don't know what they'll be ranked when that, when that game tips, but, you know, all the hype around Purdue coming into this season and, you know, they, they've, they've lost a couple of close tough games, but um, I think that, when you look at this Purdue team, you definitely see a team that has the potential to go deep in March. And I don't want to talk too – I don't want to be too nice to Purdue because obviously, you know, that's not what we're in the business of doing around here. We're not Purdue guys. Um, and, and I think they get enough of that um, from the media and, you know, kind of their own fan base does enough propping up of Purdue. Um, and and they've they've beaten up on Indiana um, over the last few years. Archie Miller didn't get a win over them, and then Crane kind of ended it on a bad note in that rivalry with Purdue. So um, it'd be nice to see Mike Woodson get off to a good start against um, against Purdue in his career and just kind of set the tone like this is how it's going to be. It's not your state anymore. Um, it, it's it's our state, and you know the the rosters that. That, that Mike Woodson is building, I think uh, it has the potential to kind of flip that rivalry. But, but you know, I'm tired of losing to Purdue. Uh, so is every other Indiana fan. Um, th- this will be a particularly tough game, but I want to see Indiana come out and, and play really well and protect the home floor, which they talk about so much. Yeah, it'll definitely – it's going to be a tough game. Uh, probably the biggest – I mean, again, we're not trying to – Purdue doesn't need any more back padding, but probably the toughest team coming in so far that we've played. Yeah. And they uh, they look like they have found themselves a little bit more recently. Uh, I will say, though, if you're an IU fan, you're like, okay, they lost to Wisconsin. We, we, we were so close to beating Wisconsin. That would have been a huge win. I'm not dwelling on that, but – uh, so you feel you don't think like this team's coming in and they're a, they're so much better than us and there's really no chance like you you know if they come in to Simon Scott Assembly Hall and the Hoosiers are focused and tuned in and Woodson uh, brings his A game as well that IU can give them a shot and like you said kind of wake them up as well to the next era like the whatever they think about what happened with Crean and uh, Archie like this would really at least give them a shot in the arm that IU might be turning this thing completely around in the national kind of conversation as well and uh, I'm excited for that one uh, just kind of kind of what we need our players to do as well is you got to be so excited for that Purdue game, but you got to take care of that Nebraska game first. And that's kind of that. I liked what you said, how you wanted to see a team effort 
because we do need to see a team effort and I necessarily, we really need to see team effort because we want no, no overlooking of Nebraska. We can't afford that. We're not yeah. that good. There's it's no a, reason to. Yeah, yeah, I was I mean, you say, haven't won a road game yet. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel, I feel like it would have been pretty IU to have that week and finish it off, beat Iowa and then drop this one. But also, yeah. uh, since we didn't pull off the Iowa win, I feel like this is we've got to win this one. There's no way they can overlook it, and that's I guess a lone bright spot. But yeah, and uh, even even though like to me technically it doesn't count because it's Nebraska, yeah. and they just please get Nebraska out of this conference. Um, <laughs> they do not belong. Uh, they they do not belong in any sport in this conference um, unless I'm overlooking a sport that they're good at. I guess they're good at baseball and like wrestling, but. Those aren't oh, yeah. the money makers, so like they can go back to like put them in like the AAC or something, Southern Mass <laughs> of Cincinnati or like Houston or something. Just give us someone that's good. But but no, like my thing is you're going into a week like this, and and of course you finish the week January 23rd, so that's next Sunday against Michigan, a surprisingly below average Michigan team. So so the re- that's the reason I'm saying like this is such a huge week because if you come out of this week. Um, one and two, you know, you, you lose two of these games. Maybe you lose the, the, the Michigan game and the Purdue game, or you lose, um, you know, the Nebraska game random, but like any combination, you don't come out of this week, at least two and one. I personally look at it as a failure because you've got two home games and you've got Nebraska, which should count as like, you should look at your schedule every year. And you should be looking at Nebraska as a win every single year. That's just how it should be. But, you know, for, for this team, a, a realistic goal is to be two and one out of the stretch. Um, but again, of course, of course you want three and oh, but, you know, the Purdue game is kind of a tall task because of how good they are. But, you know, I, I do think that this team will come out and play really, really hard against Purdue in front of their home fans and uh, the hall will for sure be rocking. Um, yeah, I, I'm really excited for Thursday. Yeah, definitely a huge week. IU can get uh, a couple monkeys off their back if they really want to. And uh, we're, I'm really looking forward to that as well. Um, so now it's about time for you to address the fans, address the nation. We'll be back with Hoosier State of the Nation. Ladies and gentlemen, all rise. It's time for the State of Hoosier Nation with President Jared Burke. Thank you, Dewey. Um, It's my pleasure to address you all again. Um, Certainly a difficult week for for our program, losing a, a winnable game in which we shot the ball well, gave uh, gave a valiant effort defensively and kept the other team's best scorer on the bench the whole game. But it, it's, it's difficult not to still have some positive feelings about this team, even after a loss like that. And I think that that's where we are as a nation, as, a, as Hoosier nation, that's where we are. We're still um, looking at this team as a team with potential, 
there are things that need to be fixed and, and, and addressed with this team. But overall, um, when you look at um, performances, specifically the Ohio State game, um, I would even say like parts of the Notre Dame game and um, the, uh, the Minnesota game, the way Indiana was able to close those games, it gives you um, high hopes to what this team can achieve and, and what we're looking for this this uh, particular week is to come out of it feeling good about about this 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 team um, because there's a lot of momentum to be had still out there and there's a lot of games left to win for this team. Definitely, I I agree. Uh, there are plenty of games left. It's. It's not a time to overall panic. It is a time to really straighten up and like this is where this is when we're gonna find out who we really are. And I agree completely that there's plenty of ball to be left or plenty of ball to be played left. And uh, I don't know. I'm hyped for it. I I I don't know. You can't kill my optimism. I. I uh, and when I say my optimism, we get labeled homers, homers, homers. But like we we're realistic about this team. Yeah. We just want it. We just want it to be the best version of itself that it can be. And I think the best version of this team is a very very solid team. And I'm excited yeah. to keep growing towards that point. For sure, for sure. But yep. Well, we'll talk again after. Arguably the biggest se- uh, week of the season so far. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. It's not been a lot of fun talking about Iowa, but it's nice to get some ideas out on how we can change what went wrong there. And uh, hopefully we'll see the road demon slayed this week. Hopefully we'll beat little brother and we'll uh, regain our uh, regain our, our status in that rivalry and then take care of business versus the Wolverines. Uh, Thanks for having me back on, man. Yeah, it was fun. It was a good time. And uh, here's to to a a big week in IU basketball and hopefully uh, a different tone next time we're on. Oh, yeah. We'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening to Hoosier Nation.